Superman Forever Radio, Episode 97. Happy birthday, Superman. Welcome to the Superman Forever radio podcast. My name is Bob Fisher, and I am your host. Since episode 79 of this podcast, the Superman Forever radio podcast, uh, if you're new, if this is the first time you've listened to the Superman Forever radio podcast, which is quite possible, we've picked up a lot of new people uh, on the Facebook page. So I'm assuming uh, some of you are coming because maybe uh, you've heard the giant Superman podcast or something else that I've done and you've maybe uh, the two true freaks long play uh, episodes I've been on or something and you're here. However, I would like to thank you for downloading or listening or and listening to the Superman Forever podcast. And if this is your first time here, I do encourage you to go pick up uh, or download episode number 79. That was my first episode as the host of the Superman Forever radio podcast. So uh, if you want to know all about my history, how I came to be a fan of Superman and comic books and uh, my pretty much my geek origin story, Check out the Superman Forever radio podcast, episode 79. But today, for a few minutes, I want to talk about Superman's birthday. Happy birthday, Superman. February 29th. Uh, leap year. Now, I, if I remember correctly, this came about because someone had asked in a letter column something about why Superman never got old or never aged. It had something to do with aging. And I think the editor at the time uh, just was doing it off the cuff or trying to be funny and said that Superman was born uh, on February 29th or came to Earth or something. about they, they gave Superman credit for being born on February 29th, the leap year. So he only aged one year for every four of a normal human. Yeah, no, I didn't buy that, but it has stuck. However, the origin, however it came to be, the date February 29th is historically the birth date of Superman. So happy birthday, Superman. I think that's, you know, uh, kind of a fun thing. Also put him, give him a birthday that is unique, that only comes around once every four years. Uh, Clark Kent, uh, has a separate birthday, and we'll talk about that at some other point. <laughs> but uh, Clark Kent's uh, birthday is supposedly the day the Kents found him uh, and the rocket came to Earth. But anyway, Superman, February 29th. So happy birthday, Superman. You know who shares a birthday with Superman? My good friend Michael Bailey has a birthday on February 29th. And... This year, February 29th, today, if you're listening to this as it's released, February 29th of the year 2016, Michael Bailey is 10 years old. He's actually had 10 birthdays over the last 40 years. So that's really how you would uh, do that. I think in the past he has celebrated his birthday. I think on non-leap years, he celebrates his birthday on the 28th. So, so happy birthday, Mike. Happy, happy birthday. I, I really hope you're having a great time, having a good day.
You know, so far in 2016, there is a lot of Superman stuff going on. Movies, TV, and comic books. I mean, all of it. It's it's really, uh, there is a tremendous amount of stuff happening in the world of Superman. Uh, some of it very good, some of it not so good. Obviously, we're getting really close to Batman v Superman, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a second or two. But lots and lots and lots of very, very cool stuff happening uh, in the world of Superman. So lots and lots and lots of cool stuff happening in the family and the world of the Superman universe and uh, – you know, uh, I'm not um, one to hold back. If I think DC and Warner Brothers is screwing around with the character or have done something wrong, as as listeners of the show will tell you, uh, if if uh, if I think they're screwing up over there, I'm going to let you know, and I'm going to do the reverse when it's true as well. If they are doing something right. In my opinion, I'm going to let you know that too. And uh, right now, there's just a lot of really uh, interesting things happening in the world of Superman, not the least of which is obviously not directly Superman, but indirectly is the TV show Supergirl, the Supergirl TV show. And now there's a a comic out a digital comic written by Sterling Gates. Uh, It's digital, get it comicsology or the DC app. Uh, 99 cents per chapter. Three chapters roughly equal a standard comic book. So, you know, that's kind of how it's going. Uh, But uh, it's very good. It's based on the Supergirl universe. So it's taking place in that universe. And it's digital only. Uh, I think DC said they are not going to release a printed copy of the Supergirl, uh, at least of that Supergirl TV show. But they did just announce, which I'm going to get to in a little bit, Rebirth, and uh, one of the new titles that will come out of that, and we'll get another apparent, another number number one, uh, will be Supergirl. But uh, I don't know anything about that Supergirl yet. Um, I don't know if it's going to be the same New 52 Supergirl updated or just back with something. I don't know. Uh, I don't know the details of that Supergirl. And to be honest, kind of like the Batman v Superman movie. I try not to uh, uh, look too far ahead at some of these things. Sometimes I will look at a, a headline and and see the headline uh, and not necessarily click to go actually read the entire story because, you know, I'd almost rather not know up front what, what's coming out. I know that uh, as I record this, the Neil Adams has just released the Superman uh, book. There's going to be some other stuff happening in, in that. I have not read it yet. Uh, hope to get to it really soon. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but got a little sidetrack. I was going to Supergirl. The Supergirl show still, uh, I think, is just terrific. It is just really, really a terrific show. They're doing a great job with it. I'm still enjoying it. I'm going to do another show and we'll talk more about Supergirl later, but I just wanted to say that I'm really thoroughly enjoying that show. In fact, I'm still watching all of the DC shows. Gotham, which is catching crap online, but I'm still enjoying it. You know, I've got that that part of my brain, I've just removed it, that knows the Batman history and trying not to be too you know, been out of shape that all of the Batman villains are showing up before there's a Batman when, you know, kind of generally known that in the history of Batman, a lot of those villains are there because of Batman. So I'm not sure you can actually have, uh, well, the penguin seems to work. I do like the penguin. I think that works. Uh, but anyway, I, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying Gotham. Uh, and then Tuesday, of course, is Flash. I'm still watching iZombie. I really like iZombie. I think that's fun. So uh, I'm watching all of the DC shows. And since we've spoken last, the DC's Legends of Tomorrow has started. And again, enjoying that show too. I didn't think I was going to like that one. I thought that was that was going to be uh, a weak link, and um, has some problems. I think the main character, the the Rip Hunter guy, could be better. I'd like to. I wish he was a little had a little more gravitas, a little more weight to him. 
nothing against this actor, but I'm having a hard time believing him. Uh, but, and they're kind of pulling it off as a doctor who meets a, you know, uh, the B character justice league. So it's the justice league when, you know, uh, the big seven can't be there. These guys are there. So, but it's not bad. I'm enjoying it. It's fun to see, uh, Brandon Ralph as, uh, the Adam. Um, I, am also looking past the whole, it's just Iron Man that can shrink stuff. Okay. Looking past that. I'm just, again, I'm putting a different hat on (laughs) and enjoying the shows for what they are, that they are basically someone's take on these characters. So I think a lot of them, if they're true to the character, which is again, why I like Supergirl so much. I think this is the closest to the Silver Age Supergirl that I have seen in years. You know, the sweet, wholesome, really wanting to do the right thing, not always knowing how. You know, so far I like the way they're handling the non-Superman on screen. Uh, Don't know what they're going to do in the future. So anyway, I hope they get a second season with that. So Supergirl, flying high, I'm just really loving it. We are less than one month. In fact, we're 25 days away from Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Now, the, they've put out the, the newest trailer. There are three trailers out. And uh, I actually did a show where I speculated after the first trailer dropped, where I talked about the longer version of it and, and broke that down uh, a few episodes ago, uh, a few months ago. But there are three now. They have all three trailers are out now which is very cool. Uh, I have seen the trailers, but I do not, as you know, I'm not looking to, to, uh, to look ahead. I don't want to know yet anything about it other than what I've already seen. You know, I, it's weird about this show, this movie too, because I have days where, uh, you know, I'm, I, I almost think of myself as like that, that, that 12 year old kid, my God, there's going to be, a big screen, humongoloid budget movie with Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman on screen at the same time. I mean, really? I, I, you know, I get just really excited about it. And then by accident, I'll see some sort of a headline where some idiot posts something on Facebook to to, to make you click on it or some people are, are um, in fact, the, the one that came down a few days ago, maybe a week or so ago anyway, that really kind of irritated me that I didn't click on because I knew exactly what it was all about. Uh, somebody uh, put this thing trying to say that the Warner Brothers executives were all nervous about the Batman v Superman, that it was going to fail. They were uh, they're, oh, nervous, nervous. Run for your life. Hair's on fire. Oh, no. It's terrible. Come on. Give me a break. Are you kidding? Uh, everything that I have seen from the Warner Brothers people, from anybody uh, that has anything to do with this movie, is absolutely thrilled and excited about it. Now, I understand uh, that some of you may not be interested in seeing this movie at all. I saw another thing recently. Someone said that... Um, there should never be a Superman movie that a child can't watch. Well, no, I'm not going to totally agree with that. I am sorry that there isn't as much for children. Now, obviously, I went to Walmart today. I'm still looking for the Wonder Woman action figure. I can't find her anywhere. I've got the Batman and the Superman. And I like the multiverse uh, Batman v Superman uh, action figures. They're like 19 bucks or something. I think they're all overpriced, but... But anyway, uh, that's, you know, I'm looking, I like the action figure. I'm looking for Wonder Woman. So, but no, I don't think that, that um, everything that Superman does or that everything that Superman is involved in needs to necessarily be for children. I don't think now, the reason I think this, this was brought up this week is, is that uh, they announced that the Blu-ray, there'll be an optional Blu-ray director's cut of Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice that will be R-rated. Now, I assume that will be because of the violence. I'm pretty, you know, I, you know, I doubt that 
I don't know why. I didn't read the story again. It's a headline, and and we'll all know after the fact. Uh, and but this is this brought up a whole big discussion about whether or not if Superman is involved with it, that there should be an R rating. And I understand. I do understand the people that are totally, totally against the idea of a movie where Superman is the main character or one of the main characters being an R-rated movie. Uh, they were they were upset already before this was even posted that the the movie itself is already too dark and that Man of Steel was not child friendly, and Man of Steel was not particularly child friendly for really little kids. Um, but the, it's an interesting question and an interesting thing for discussion because what. Warner Brothers, Zack Snyder and company have decided to do is something that has not yet been done in the superhero genre of films. And his take on them is a different take that, than it has been done before. I think, and I don't have a problem again with it being an adult-focused uh, movie, as long as the characters are true to themselves— that Superman is uh, Superman. So the movie, the whole world can be falling apart around him. It can be dark. It can be depressing. It can be uh, in the midst of real problems for a positive character like Superman to overcome and fight them. I think that is really important. And I think that's what I'm looking for in this movie. The way Zack Snyder portrays these characters, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and the Justice League has already started filming the Justice League movie that will be uh, coming out. Wonder Woman is filming. So uh, this is the universe that, that Warner Brothers is going to play in. I think if they are true to the individual characters, that the story can be dark, the world can be dark. And hopefully Superman will not be part of that. But we'll have to wait and see what kind of uh, movie they're going to give us. What do they want to explore? What kind of emotions do they want to pull out of us? And how they treat these characters. In a way, and I said this before and sometime, in a way, I almost have to kind of, you know, say I'm part of the blame myself. Ever since I've, well, been an adult long enough to think about you know, adult things. I've often wondered what would it be like if these guys were real? I mean, real. Now, some people will say that the last series of the Nolan Batman films were quote real. Uh, I think those were kind of surreal and extra real, but you know, it's, it's a matter of opinion, I guess, because at the time the Michael Keaton Batman movie felt uh, the closest thing to uh, a real world type Batman thing. It was I, still my favorite Batman movie to date. Uh, and speaking of that, um, in just the clips, just the trailers that I have seen, which is all of the trailers, Ben Affleck has the potential to be the best Batman that's ever been put up on the screen. Uh, I am just really, really looking forward to this because to me now, and I'm spending more time on Batman v Superman than I wanted to for the show, but I'm going to do it anyway. Because for me, this is an interesting thing. For me, I should back up just two, two little steps here. Uh, many of my Superman friends, and me included, are not particular fans of Frank Miller's uh, The Dark Knight uh, book, The Dark Knight Returns. Because of the way Mr. Miller portrays our hero, Superman. Batman, however, is, uh, that's an interesting take on Batman. And it changed the direction of Batman, some will say, for to the darker side, to the worse side. Um, and many will stay to say today that that is still the best, ma- best Batman story ever written. I'm not a fan of that particular uh, series because of the way Superman is treated. Now, if you put that Batman up on the screen versus a traditional in character, let's not go to the costume yet, in character, a traditional positive 
Superman, which Henry Cavill is, then I'm okay with this. I'm okay. You can go as close to Frank Miller's Dark Knight as you want with your Batman, as long as you don't put that Superman on the screen. If that's what we see, I refuse to believe that's what we're going to see. I, I refuse to believe it. The trailers don't make it look like that. Uh, they make us look like that Batman, but it's not that Superman. We're not going to see that Superman. I'm looking forward to Dawn of Justice. Sometimes, like I say, I feel like a little kid thinking, wow, this is going to be so cool. And then the adult creeps in and says, wait a minute, they could really screw this up, you know. Yes, they could. I don't think they're going to this time. I'm really, really looking forward to it. And not only am I looking forward to it, uh, I think they're doing the right thing. Their promotional stuff has been outstanding. Some of my favorite, absolutely favorite promotional stuff that they've done, obviously the three trailers, there's been three main trailers, uh, little clips here and there. If you go online, some people have edited those clips together to make one long nine-minute clip. I have not looked at that. I just watched what was actually released by Warner Brothers. Um, But for the Super Bowl, did you see the the, the, uh, Turkish Airlines, the Turkey Airlines, Turkish Airlines, Ads to commercials, those were great. I uh, love those. Uh, done absolutely seriously, as if Bruce Wayne is encouraging people to take Turkish Airlines to Gotham City for all the cool stuff that happens in Gotham City. Very cool. And Lex Luthor doing the same for Metropolis. Uh, Come see the future, the city of tomorrow. It's just beautiful. They're great, great ads. I love those. Those were great. So, Warner Brothers. For this Batman v Superman uh, is doing a lot of right stuff. They're not showing us too much yet. Uh, I'm I'm done with trailers. I don't want to see anything else. I want my seat. I want to be sitting in the uh, uh, movie theater watching it. Which, by the way, February 29th, Superman's birthday tickets are on sale. You can pre-get your tickets right now for Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Now, let's turn to action figures, shall we? I've mentioned that I'm still looking for the Wonder Woman one. Uh, they're terrific looking. I got the, uh, I picked up the multiverse Batman and Superman. They also have the multiverse uh, version of the Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice figures for uh, the new Aquaman. I saw that today. I didn't get it. I, maybe I should have. I don't know. But this was something else on this aisle. Well, I went to Walmart today and the aisle, it's kind of like, I'll bet if they've got a dozen in the box, if there's a dozen that comes in the box of these action figures, it's nine Batman, two Superman and a Wonder Woman. Uh, because there's never, there were some alternative Superman stuff there, but uh, Batman, 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 and no Wonder Woman. So. I don't know. Eventually, I'll get it. I don't want to pay eBay prices for it. Uh, What else? But anyway, uh, the point being, they are promoting the bejeebies out of this movie. It's TV ads. If you watch CBS or the CW, you're seeing ads for this movie. Um, The action figures are out. The toys are out. There's Easter candy. There are so many things now that tie into this movie. So, um, you know, bravo, they are, you know, letting people know they're going to have to, because there's a lot at stake, I think in this movie financially, but, uh, I'm not even worried about that. And, you know, as I said earlier, it's, I, I, I use a different part of my brain when I'm watching the DC TV shows, like they are alternate versions of characters. I know I'm trying not to think too far ahead to say, oh, I know what happens to that character. You know, I wonder if they're going to blah, 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 blah. Uh, because obviously if we had done that, they they instantly with Supergirl, the Hank Henshaw thing, obviously Hank Henshaw in the comics is not the Martian Manhunter, but et cetera, et cetera. So I'm trying to use a whole different brain. Batman v Superman, big budget movie. Um, it's hard. It's harder Maybe because it's Superman. Maybe because uh, I don't know why. I just, I, but I do, you know, I really, really, really want to see a good 
Superman up there. I think it has the potential to be the best movie we've seen of the superhero genre ever. How's that for an overstatement? (laughs) But again, I use the word potential if they've done it right. Zack Snyder is a good director. He has done some good stuff. Potentially, it can be outstanding. So, we'll see. Batman v Superman, coming soon. And here's another quick story. I have three younger sisters. And uh, growing up in the 50s, two of them, uh, and then later in the 60s, the third one, uh, they all had Barbie dolls, all of them. And I always made fun of their Barbie dolls. Always made fun of the Barbie doll. Unrealistic looking, that thing, no legs, no person on, nobody looks like that. That's not, what is that? And always, anyway, I made fun of their Barbies forever and said, no, I would never, you know. And over the years, uh, Mattel brings out all kinds of different Barbies for things. You know, Dr. Barbie, science barbie astronaut barbie all these different barbie and ken things and and none of them even if they were in something that i was interested would i have ever even thought twice about buying a barbie doll never just not on my radar wouldn't do it just wouldn't happen well maybe now i'm a little interested in a barbie doll (laughs) that's right mattel have you seen these yet Uh, batman superman and wonder woman (laughs) Barbie dolls with real clothes. Batman's cowl comes off to show Ben Affleck, Bruce Wayne underneath. They look really good. So, okay, maybe. They're a little expensive, though. So, But we'll see what goes on down the line. But I thought that is pretty cool. So uh, don't say they're not promoting Batman v Superman now. They're promoting the bejeebies out of this thing. It's going to be huge. You know, there's something I probably don't say enough. That's that the Superman Forever Radio Podcast is a proud member of the Superman Podcast Network, brought to you by the Superman homepage, the best source on the web for Superman news. In fact, uh, for my next segment right here, I encourage all of you to go to the Superman homepage. Well, you should go there every day anyway. You should go by, make it a point in your daily browsing Uh, However you access the web on a daily basis, one of the places you should stop is to the Superman homepage. I don't know how Steve Yunus does what he does over there. It's amazing. And not only does he do that, he puts out a monthly podcast with uh, Scotty V. And he does a weekly show with Michael Bailey every now Tuesday evenings at 1030 p.m. East Coast time, 730 p.m. West Coast time. U.S., your live Superman homepage, Radio KAL Live. You know, I, you, I, I can't say enough about that, that show. Uh, Steve Eunice and Michael Bailey do that show live every Tuesday night. And uh, then uh, Steve and Scotty V put out a monthly podcast of all the latest news, all from the Superman homepage. So go to the supermanhomepage.com for all of your Superman Needs now. While you're there, while you are there, uh, scroll down to the video that was recently uh, put out this week or last week, actually, from Jeff Johns about rebirth. Uh, a very interesting video. Now, most of you know Jeff Johns uh, works for DC Comics. Uh, he's a big muckety muck. He's a big guy, you know, he's, he's got some, he's got some weight over there, but I'll tell you something. If what you like about Supergirl and Flash and Arrow and, you know, particularly the, the CW shows, uh, a lot of that credit can go to Jeff Johns. Okay. Now, Jeff Johns, um, put this video out talking about the upcoming, uh, I guess you can call it event. I, I don't want to use the word event again. I'm kind of evented out. And I think DC, I'm hoping this is not just another, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that rebirth is more than, than, um, you know, well, we got to do something else. Let's just 
try this. I'm hoping that they have looked at what's been going on the last five years or longer and have really decided to take to heart some of the things that uh, Jeff Johns is actually saying. I hope this is what they're doing because he's saying the right words, words like legacy, history, tradition, classic, iconic. So Rebirth, they'll be putting out about 20 regular titles. Most of them are already currently currently out. The the Out of the 20, you know, the 15 or 16 Batman titles, two or three of this. No, 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 no. But anyway, a lot of the regular comics now, as far as we are concerned as super fans, Batman Superman will be canceled. Superman Wonder Woman will be canceled. And what was the other one? I thought there was a third one of that. But anyway, uh, and but they're bringing a new one called Trinity featuring Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman. Uh, there'll be a new Superboy title, a new Supergirl title. Actually, did I see Superboy or am I dreaming then? Anyway, there's a bunch of new titles. You can look them up, but watch the video. It's the attitude that I'm interested in of what titles they're bringing back and what they're canceling and what they're doing. And there does seem to be, you know, uh, a concerted effort, a focus on some of the Superman titles. I'm hoping this is a good thing because they are saying the right stuff. And as far as comics are going right now from DC, the current comics, okay, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for that to end, to be honest with you. So that's going to all come to a head here very soon um, with issues 50. And I think 52 will be the last of that series. And this is something else that's happening with Rebirth. Uh, a bunch of new number ones, including Superman, as I mentioned, and, and some other things, some new number ones. But Action and Detective are going back to their, quote, original numbering, end quote. Now, this is making some people really happy online. And until I saw what number they were picking it up from, I was kind of happy too. But they're not picking it up from, uh, for example, uh, Action Comics ended with uh, 904, or was it 915? Might have been 915, 914. So the next number of action, volume one action, should pick up from there at 915, I think. Might have been 905. Uh, Sorry, I don't have it in front of me and I didn't, you know. Uh, So they should pick up from there, nine. And so that the new numbering for the new action comics, volume one, if they're returning to those numbers, should be at uh, 915. Instead... They're picking it up at 9.57 or something, which would mean that it did end at 9.04. Plus the 52 uh, would make 9.56 and the new numbering at 9.57. Action Comics Volume 2 from 1 or 0 to wherever they end at 52, I think, should be its own thing. It should not be now Action Volume 1 folding in action volume two and that's where we'll pick up the numbering from so dc thanks for doing one thing right and then of course screwing that up no i'm kidding it was a little irritating but at least now i've got a shot at being alive because action comics not only are they going to now fold in and start back at 957 the new action comics will be shipping every other week so twice a month will be Action Comics, and they've dropped the price back to two ninety nine. I wish they had stuck with the, quote, original numbering, but I'm glad, you know, the a little bit of me is glad that they're doing it because now at least I will hopefully be alive to see Action Comics 1000. There's also in the comics, by the way, some prequels out, which I haven't read yet, but there are prequels out. Uh, I think they're digital. I don't know if they're actual print or not. But they are are prequels to kind of set up Batman v Superman. And there's a Batman one and a Joker. I mean, a Joker. (laughs) I think the ones I saw were Batman, Lex Luthor, Lois Lane, Superman. Well, I thought there was five, but I don't remember what the other one was. So looking forward to that. See what that's all about, too. But literally, folks, we're like 25 days away from Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. 
starting in December 2015. A new epic mega series. Trennis Magnus Punches Reality proudly presents Batman v Superman. A 13 part miniseries from Trentus Magnus Punches Reality. John M. Wilson and Magnus shine a spotlight on a crapload of Batman comics and a crapload of Superman comics. All this preparation for the theatrical release of Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. And once that's all over, we'll take a five hour long look back at 2013's Man of Steel. Finally, we will come together again to discuss our thoughts on the Batman v Superman film. So join Magnus and John as they recount the adventures of Batman and Superman in comics. All is preparation for Batman and Superman's first adventure in live action feature film. The adventure begins in December 2015. Batman v Superman. Only at twotruefreaks.com. Batman vs. Superman, a 13-part miniseries from Trentus Magnus Punches Reality. Only at twotruefreaks.com. My name is Michael Bailey, and I am a terrible geek. I don't watch Doctor Who, I don't care for anime, I've never seen any of the Harry Potter films, much less read the books. I like Star Wars and Star Trek okay, but I've never really ventured far into the extended universes of either property. Hell, I have never even watched a single episode of The Walking Dead. So what do I like? Comic books. I have been reading and collecting comic books since 1987, and I have been a fan of superheroes for as long as I can remember. Some would consider this a hobby, but I prefer to look at it as what it truly is, a crippling addiction that I may never recover from. To deal with this borderline personality disorder, I started a podcast in 2007 called Views from the Long Lost. Every two weeks, or so, depending on real life, I pick a particular series, or issue, or character, or whatever to talk about, and then I... Well, well I talk about them, because that's kind of the point of a podcast. Sometimes I'm alone. Sometimes I have a guest, like my semi-regular co-host, The Irredeemable Shag, or my other semi-regular co-host, Thomas DJ, or with another friend from the podcasting world. The show is located at www.viewsfromthelongbox.com. From there, you can find the iTunes link, the email address, as well as the backlog of episodes. Views from the Long Box. A podcast about comics or a desperate cry for help? You decide. Every other Tuesday, or so, depending on real life, at www.viewsfromthelongbox.com. And now it's time for the special feature, Superman Topics Pulled from the Fishbowl. <laughs> Yeah. Well, some of you know that uh, every once in a while, it's rare, but I've done it a couple of times. Just pull a topic. I have a, a, a bowl full of little pieces of paper on it. And on each piece of paper, I wrote a topic that relates to Superman in some way, shape or form. In the past, I've pulled out names and it's been Kryptonite or uh, I think one was Christopher Reeve, actually. So, but anyway, I've pulled them out and uh, I've done the same here this evening. And the word is the costume. The costume. Interesting. Well, to start with, I think a superhero's costume is very important. You know, one of the first things that comes to mind for me when I think of a Superman costume, I have to laugh because uh, as a little kid, preschool type kid, that little kid that was just starting just finding Superman, learning to read at four. Uh, and uh, one of the first things I can remember is the Ben Cooper. I think it was Ben Cooper. But I had a, a, a Superman costume very early on when I was four or five. 
And in fact, if you ever watch the I Love Lucy episode where little Ricky has a costume on because Superman's going to come visit him for his birthday, that's pretty much the costume I had right there. But, you know, that that one only lasted, you know, a couple of years as a little kid like that. You outgrow them. So uh, I, I actually wore that for Halloween as long as possible, but more than Halloween. And it was different in those days. Nowadays, you will see. Uh, uh, kids in Walmart, kids running around all the time with superhero costumes on, you know, even sweatshirts and stuff look like Spider-Man, you know, with the hood and stuff. So uh, it's not as unusual as it was then in the 50s. You just didn't see kids that we didn't wear t-shirts. There was no, uh, it just wasn't the, you know, it wasn't a style until the 60s. There were no, you just didn't, unless you were a biker or, you know, or like Marlon Brando cigarettes in the sleeve kind of guy, those guys wore t-shirts, but normal kids didn't wear, we didn't wear t-shirts. But anyway, so as a little kid, preschool costume wise, I had a Halloween costume, but I wore it all the time under everything else. I had that on all the time. It's funny. There's a Christmas, there's a pic, uh, a picture of, uh, one of my sisters and I It was before the other sisters were born. So it was just two of us originally, my sister, Bonnie and I, and I have a picture of us, uh, sitting on Santa's lap. My mother, you know, because, uh, we looked a lot alike Bonnie and I, even though we were, uh, about a year and a half age-wise apart. My mother would dress us like twins a lot and all that kind of stuff. But I have a picture of me at four, I think it was about four, and my sister uh, sitting on Santa's lap. And when I see that picture, I don't think of, oh, yeah, that was Willowlawn Shopping Center and blah, 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 all the, I think that little gray suit I have on was wool. It itched like holy, believably, blah, blah, blah. And I've got my Superman Halloween costume on under it. Yeah. Now I would tell my mother that I wore the costume under it because the suit itched, which it did. It itched, but it was convenient <laughs> to be able to wear a Superman costume under my gray suit, you know, just in case trouble, you know, I need to be ready. And there were phone booths back then. So just saying, <laughs> but anyway, uh, as you outgrow that, I outgrew that costume. And, uh, you know, that's was, that was pretty bad. And since nobody actually made T-shirts, I mean, it, it didn't occur to me as a kid to find a T-shirt or whatever. So uh, anyway, I had a pair of pajamas that were, um, you know, the cotton stretchy kind with little stretch band. And they were blue. They were Superman blue, you know, tops and bottoms with little navy blue bands around the wrist and the waist and the ankles. Hey, red socks. A cape, a red towel. Actually, it wasn't a red towel. It was some sort of cloth red that I don't remember now what it was. It was not a towel, but it was red cloth that looked very much like uh, uh, Superman, uh, the George Reeves. It hung low and kind of heavy and flowed nicely in the back. Uh, and of course, I tucked it in the uh, top of the pajamas as, a, as George Reeves did. I didn't tie it around my neck or any of that kind of nonsense. So wore it low, looked good. But for the S on my chest, it was construction paper uh, that I drew. That's how I learned to draw the Superman symbol. Uh, The Superman S symbol was making that S symbol that I then uh, stuck to the chest part of my pajama top. So there was my homemade, um, you know, six-year-old, seven-year-old, maybe even eight-year-old little Bobby wearing that suit. But shh, we won't tell anybody because nobody knows that. Boy, what would I give to have a picture of that? (laughs) Oh, God. But anyway, uh, I think the costume itself is very, very important to a superhero. But let's just talk Superman's costume for a second. I think if I were to, um, were able to actually talk to Joe Schuster and Jerry Siegel, one of the questions I would have about the costume would not be the briefs, not be the, 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 the trunks, the red trunks. That would not be, I would not, I mean, that's obvious. That's obvious why they decided to use that. It's obvious why they decided to use the kind of bodysuit they used. That was the traditional uh, strongman, weightlifter, circus uh, wrestlers, um, 
athletic. It was ath- traditional athletic gear to wear that kind of a bodysuit with the trunks and <clears throat> wrestlers, etc. would wear the boots. So the main part of the suit, I would have no question to Mr. Schuster or Siegel. I would, I would, I would, I would understand totally where they went with that. I understand why the S eventually developed, you know, and why uh, by the time the release of Action Number One, on particularly on the cover, we we know what the S shield looked like. Varied as it would throughout the history, depending on who drew drew it. Wayne Boring's S-Shield looks a lot different than Kurt Swan's, looks different than Al Plastino's. I mean, you just go right down the list. Who was drawing Superman? Uh, for me, in the 60s, you could, now that I know their names of these artists, you could just put their S-Symblems up. And I'll tell you who drew it. Jim Mooney. Didn't like his. Uh, but anyway, the, the so I understand those things. But why the cape? Where did the cape come from? Did Zorro wear a cape in the description of the original story? Ah, yes, he did. Why the cape? The Scarlet Pimpernel. Oh, he wore a cape. So there is precedence for a cape-wearing hero, but not so obvious, I think, was the cape. And I would be curious if that's where they got the idea of the cape. Why the cape because nowadays it's it's the it's it's really the trunks that's the that's the big hubbub that's the one that everybody wants to argue about whether the the red trunks are there or not and let's let's get this straight the basic costume of superman is blue bodysuit s on the chest and a red cape i would add the red boots as being necessary for the basic costume do we need the trunks? Not necessarily. I've gotten used to the to you know the trunks not being there. Uh, the Man of Steel costume is nice looking. Uh, actually, though, I think the new Dawn of Justice costume is even better. It looks really good. But the reason for the trunks originally now not why did jerry siegel put them there or joe schuster draw them there because they were just going by what was worn by athletes and muscle men and uh, etc of the time is but why did athletes wear them why did athletes wear that why didn't they just wear their long leotard bodysuits out there modesty it was there to cover well for reasons of modesty Plain and simple. Now, people will say that because Supermans were bright red, it attracts the eye. Well, if you really look back from the earliest days, it's almost like his trunks were made of some sort of satiny material because particularly the way Kurt Swan drew them, they were mostly black with red highlights on the side where the light might hit them or where they're stretched. But the whole idea was just to not bring attention to that area, to cover that area. To some degree, in spite of the fact that for many, many years, people have been making fun of the trunks, removing them brought more attention to them than not. Now, like I say, I've gotten used to the to the not being there, particularly in like the Man of Steel or the Dawn of Justice, Henry Cavill's costume. In the comics, I've got a, I've got some problems with it. Uh, it's a little complex to draw. I do like it when I've got the action figure and it looks terrific on the little action figure. If I had to eliminate one thing from the new costume, if they said, "Okay, you can give back one, you can make one alteration," there's many that I would make, but if only one. I'd get rid of those little cuffs, those pointy cuffs that cover the hand. I can deal with the high collar if it has to be there. Can deal with the lack of the trunks. I don't like all the extra lines. I don't think they're necessary. They're just there for no reason. There's no reason for them to be there. So, but fine. And the other reason I don't like all the extra lines is it's, it's harder for artists to be consistent with it. And, you know, it's because it doesn't look any better than the original. It's not like they have improved 
on the costume. Sometimes costumes are improved on, you know? Sometimes they're, you know, improved on. Other times it's like, why bother? Why would you do that? You know, that's, it it didn't matter. Now, for the longest time, for the last year almost, or so, Superman's costume has been the jeans and t-shirt look they went back to for the truth and the depowered guy. I don't really have a problem with the jeans and t-shirt as an alternative look occasionally for a story, unless that story goes on for a year and a half. But particularly if it's a, a, a time story, a story about his early life. I think once he's established as Superman with the powers, the costume, the costume should be the iconic costume. It should be a costume. And when I say iconic costume, I mean blue suit, red cape, red boots, S on the chest. Doesn't have to have uh, the trunks. I prefer them there, but they don't have to be there. Um, I think the costume says a lot about the hero. For some of you young whippersnappers out there, I'm going to go back and call your BS on this a little bit. Just a little bit of BS on the costume. (laughs) And why am I doing that? Because I've heard recently, when talking about the Superman's current costume, that, um, the idea of getting it as, you know, part of his, you know, Kryptonian thing or it being, you know, a Kryptonian armor suit or getting it off the ship or um, Jor-El giving it to him as in Man of Steel or whatever is way, way more believable than his mother sewing him together from his blankets as a baby. Really? Well, let's look at that in context just for a second we're gonna look at it in context at the time superboy was written and became part of the whole uh superman mythos and they started telling stories of his origin and the origin of the costume in the silver age was this very early in his life super baby was doing all kinds of things and his earth clothes were just burning up into friction. They were tearing because he was just doing little super things as a little baby. So Martha Kent, Ma Kent, took the blankets, the red and blue blankets that he was wrapped in and unwove them, took them apart, unwove the thread because she couldn't cut them. So she took the blankets and, and unwove and un, whatever that's called. There's probably a word for that. But got it back to its thread, you know, unwove the material. So it was part of the thread. And and then she weaved, wove, made a play suit for him out of those blankets. Now, they later added little things to the story that as he grew, the material stretched for him and whatever. Um now, as he grew and became a, a 12 or 13 or 14-year-old and started to want to do super feats around Smallville, he still needed a secret identity. And this is where the original secret identity started in the Silver Age with Jonathan and Martha and young Clark putting the whole idea of Superboy and the costume versus Clark Kent together. Clark Kent would, Jonathan would say, now slump your shoulders as Clark and act a little more timid and et cetera, et cetera. What has come to be the standard tropes of Clark Kent, we all know them. This started in the Silver Age. But he needed now a costume as Superboy. So once again, unwove the material and where things had to be cut. Now that his powers are, he's starting to get more control of his powers. Superboy used his heat vision to to make cuts in the material for Ma to then make the costume. And you say, well, that's just crazy. No, in that time period, think about it. Superman, right, was in the 40s and then 50s. Even in the 50s. Let's go into my childhood. We'll go to the 50s when they're telling these stories. So in the 50s, Superman is 30-ish, Right. Superboy, you want to go back now 15, 16, 17 years. So you're in the 30s. In the 30s, I would be willing to bet most mothers, most females could sew, could make their own clothes. 
it was standard operating procedure for many mothers to make their own clothes. They had those tools. Even my mother uh, made certain things for my sisters. You know, it 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 has uh, not as many people so at home. I don't think now, obviously, but in those times, particularly with Clark Kent growing up and basically Depression era America. It's not unusual for his parents, who grew up even earlier than that, to have the tools necessary to make this costume. So it is no more outlandish, outrageous to think that Ma Kent made the Superboy costume than it is to think uh, a hologram computer of Jor-El gave it to him on a ship that had apparently been on Earth for 20,000 years, if you catch my drift. (laughs) but that is the origin of the superman costume and it does keep changing and they keep trying to bring it up over and over again and and make changes to this and that but they did get rid of the blankets they got rid of the cape Uh, well at one point i think in the burn era uh the material in burn's mind why would the material be any stronger here just because it was made there so uh Kryptonian material uh, did not take on the indestructibility type powers, so to speak, the invulnerability of Superman here. But Superman had an aura around his body. So that kept anything close to his skin invulnerable, which his costume was. That's why during the burn era, the, the crisis to crisis era, the costume during a fight and doing certain things in flight uh, would not tear or disintegrate or burn but his cape sometimes would because flapping it would sometimes get outside of his aura that uh, protected things close to his skin again i think john Byrne, you overthought that one a little bit there buddy but uh so anyway the costume has done and changed many many times over the over the course of his history but the things that have stayed the same obviously are the main parts, the blue bodysuit and the red cape. But to close this, the the costume is important. Others will say it's not important as long as the character's there. And I understand where you're coming from. I get that. But to me, certain characters, it's not that they need the costume, but when they put that costume on, it says something. It stands for something. Actors will tell you. And this has happened from everybody from George Reeves, practically, to to Melissa Benoist. And I think even more so with the more recent actors, Henry Cavill and, and or even Nicolas Cage in the um, uh, Superman Lives, the, the, the movie that the Tim Burton movie that even didn't happen. But uh, it doesn't matter when even the actors, when they say. You know, they read the script, they like the blah, 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 and all the, the hyperbole and all the nice words they say. But you can see it in their face when they say the first time they put that costume on. It means something, and they feel different wearing it. And there's a reason for that. So the costume is important. And me personally, when I read a Superman comic book, for example, I want to see Superman. I want to see him in his costume. I want to see him doing super stuff. I want Clark Kent there. So hopefully that's where we're going. Anyway, there's some good things happening in Superman. That's the deal about the costume. I hope you've enjoyed it. One other thing now before I move out, move on. My good friend John M. Wilson and I have gotten together, and once a month we're putting out a podcast called Giant Superman Podcast. We take a look at the Silver Age through those wonderful 80-page giants put out by DC in the nineteen early 60s. So we're taking a look at those, and those things are huge to do a show about. So the Giant Superman Podcast is so giant that each comic seems to be taking up two episodes (laughs) because we both have a lot to say about them. And I'm having a blast over there talking about that. So check out 
the first issue is out, and the second episode uh, should be part two of uh, the first Superman 80-page giant should be out right as we speak. So two of those, the giant Superman podcast at a podcatcher near you. John M. Wilson, Bob Fisher, we're having a good time doing that, having a good time. So that's about it. I hope you've enjoyed this kind of a little weird show, just some random thoughts I wanted to get out for Superman's birthday. I wanted to say happy birthday, let you guys know kind of what's going on. There are some things happening. Please go by the Superman uh, homepage and check out stuff that's going on over there. You can contact me on Facebook. We uh, pick up a lot of new people over at the Superman Forever podcast Facebook page. So um, like that page. Well, there'll be another episode of Superman Forever before Batman v Superman comes out. But that's already been recorded. That's a discussion that Michael Bailey and I had. And that'll be out in two weeks. And then after that, I hope to just have as soon as I can get it up, my initial thoughts from the movie. I uh, We'll see what happens. That's what I'm hoping to do. And that's what I'm looking forward to doing. So, you know, thanks for coming along. Thanks for downloading. I do appreciate it. We'll talk at you soon. Superman is based on the original character appearing in Superman magazine and action comics. Superman is copyright DC Comics. Superman created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster.